submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this podcast, Are You a Fan of the Dark? On this week's episode of Are You a Fan of the Dark, we're revisiting the episode, Laughing in the Dark. It was the second episode to air in America on Nickelodeon. Oh, Laughing in the Dark. I remember an asshole of a child. (laughs) Oh. Can I say that? Do we need to edit that? No. Okay. There was a very smug little boy who was trying to prove a point about how much he didn't need to care about anyone else's thoughts, uh, who snuck into a haunted house on a dare and stole the big red nose off of the silly cardboard cutout of a clown, and then spent the rest of the episode having horrible guilt trips over it as he kept hearing somebody saying, give it back. I think the clown's name was Zebo Bobo. It's not Bobo. <laughs> we had this discussion last episode. Bogo? Zebogo the clown? <laughs> Zebogo. I am Zebogo. <laughs> that would have been an interesting character. I am here to clown you. <laughs> <laughs> Sophia Russia. Clown. Clown you. Clown you. <laughs> clown joke you. He eventually runs back to the uh, haunted house to deliver the nose back, praying for forgiveness, and learns that it is okay to have feelings and not be a dick all of the time. It's okay to have feelings? And not be a dick all the time. Oh, okay. I honestly don't remember watching this episode. Um, I know that I definitely saw it when the DVDs came out, but I'm sure if I had seen it when I was a little kid, it probably would have scared me because I had such an issue with it. <laughs> I kind of remember what you do. Like, there was some asshole kid. He makes a mistake. I do remember being kind of like, what the hell? They're like, it's in this awesome amusement park called Playland. That's a terrible name for a theme park. The theme park itself causes a little bit of concern to anybody watching it that probably had children. It looks like a place that you're going to be picked up and stolen away. Yeah, it looks like a county fair more than an amusement park. It looks less like a county fair and more of a hunting ground for pedophiles. <laughs> um, it's a horrid looking place. It really is. I'm sure it is based off of a real county fair, which is not saying anything beneficial. But I also remember being really thrown off by them calling it a spook house rather than like a haunted house. I wonder if that would just be colloquial because of like and where to specifically. I wonder if it's Canadian or... I have no idea, but it sounds almost like a racial slur. Yeah. I'm just not used to hearing spook house i guess spooky i'm used to hearing haunted house or, or horror house horror but you have house. to be very careful to pronounce all of the r's in that statement <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're very welcome yeah. well since that's all we have to say about that how about we go to our retro sponsor of the week all right For the newest proof roll-ups continues. Finally, Stevie, it is ours. Don't you know what that means? A creation of my very own, made from my stinky sweat socks. He's gone mad. No, Ren. Yes, yes. Look, you're done. My hands ruined. Idiot. It's new Nickelodeon Beatbox, Ren, Stimpy, Doug, and more. Nickelodeon characters now on proof roll-ups. What fun proof roll-ups will we roll out with next? <laughs> 
Okay, kids, today's retro sponsor is brought to you by Fruit Roll-Ups. Brought to you directly from the 90s. I'm sure they haven't aged 30 years. <laughs> Very specifically, we have carnival-themed fruit roll-ups. That's uh, cotton candy and caramel apple, or berry lemonade and cherry slushy. Oh, boy. But look at what the packages say. <laughs> look for flavor here. I don't see it. <laughs> carnival green, light red. That's LT red. And carnival red yellow. So are these actually flavored? <laughs> Uh, no, they're yellow dye number five and carnival red. Carnival ride number four, brought to you by Wee and Fun. Well, I remember I loved fruit roll-ups when I was a kid. I've always loved fruit roll-ups because I like chewy fruit snacks. So. By the way, eat it. <laughs> Color red, 40. I was right. That's carnival red, four. There's dried corn syrup and pear puree concentrate. Okay, what exactly are you trying to say here? They pureed a pear and then squeezed it together really okay. hard. So according to the color coding, the red yellow is the berry lemonade and cherry slushy. So that means you have the cotton candy and caramel apple. I have green and red. That's evil versus Hello. good for those of you who are ancient Chinese. I love how it says light red and not pink. Yeah, well, that's color coded for your perfection. <laughs> I do not see a bit of yellow in yours. Not yet. You oh, have to God. unroll it. It's a roll up. It's not a roll down. Get it correct. <laughs> do you remember the ones that had the tattoos on them? The tongue uh, tattoos? Oh God. <laughs> they used to have cut out shapes and everything too. Now that was from the 90s. That's what we should have found. They don't, well, they don't have, I couldn't find those. Sorry. You know why? Because they were poisonous. However, that being stated, it these do lemony. have weird tattoos. That doesn't look like, well, pink. I guess it is a light red. It's not really pink. <laughs> So to clarify, mine looks like a watermelon, and hers looks like a grapefruit. Oh, yeah. uh, there's also fantastical shapes on here. <laughs> They're not uh, Including carousel, a popcorn-flavored ice cream cone. A popcorn-flavored? That is not an ice cream. It's cotton candy. That, oh. <laughs> I accept. <It's> carnival-themed. <laughs> you didn't have popcorn or ice cream? No. I figured they were just being cheap and trying All to combine right. the two. I'm trying the berry lemonade. I'm it's going to shove a piece of the red thing in my mouth. It's still chewy. Well, yeah. It's not from the 90s. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> they don't go bad, let's be honest I'm going to eat the cherry slushy. All right. We're going to stick the other part in our mouth, and then we're going to try both flavors together strictly for oh. um, vomiting. Yep. Strictly for vomiting. That doesn't taste very good. She has now passed it into my lap because she expects I am a trash can. You are a trash can. <laughs> You're a garbage person. What show am I? Oh, wow. Green has an interesting flavor. It's not a flavor. It is a color at this point. It's not caramel apple. I can promise you that. That doesn't taste like cotton candy either. Like, there was so much stuff in the 90s that was cotton candy flavored, and that is the least cotton candy flavored thing I've ever had. Or bubblegum. Bubblegum. Oh, God. The blue and pink hubba bubba cotton candy does not, it does not taste like that at all. Oh, what? What did I put mm. in my mouth? All right. Berry lemonade. Have you guys ever used, mm. um, not Windex, Pledge, furniture polish? <laughs> What that <laughs> smells like <laughs> is what like this tastes like. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently... Um, I'm eating that whole because I like to poison myself. don't have discerning taste buds. All right. I like the... One, two, three all together. Oh. Um, I like the caramel apple best. It doesn't taste like caramel apple, but it tastes good. <laughs> that was a lot of sugar I just developed. It is a lot of sugar. Digested. It it's only seven grams of sugar. That's really surprising. All right, kids, for your memories. They newly updated this to have less flavor of real food. And less calories. Only 50 uh, calories, five of them from fat, and 85 million of them from sugar. You do the math. I'm sure I'm accurate. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> now that we've sullied ourselves, back to the show. Is he eating another? Oh, my God. <laughs> All 
Hey, and we're back. We just finished watching The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. This episode originally aired on August 22nd, 1992, and was written by Chloe Brown and was directed by Ron Oliver. This was when Are You Afraid of the Dark was still kind of finding its way, so they still had the weird opening that was like Twilight Zone. Actually, the opening for this was really different in the fact that it kind of goes straight into the story. It <laughs> opens on a carnival scene with Betty Ann talking about this wonderful amusement park called Playland. And what's so special about Playland? Oh, it comes in four particular pieces. You'll laugh and scream and get scared to death. You can stuff yourself upon junk food. You can ditch your parents and all in one night. Oh, yeah. That's one hell of a uh, <laughs> combination of fun things that make Playland the best. I just love the, the definite ditch your parents, kids. All in one night. Big note for myself. This was nowhere as creepy pedophile as I thought it was in no. my memory. I think it was just the proprietor. Left a really horrible <laughs> mark on my thoughts when... Yeah, he's pretty creepy. I love him in this, though, now that I'm a little older. He's <laughs> such a creepy character. It's fantastic. And yeah. his voice is just like soothing horror dreams. And that's probably not a good combo. <laughs> that's the introduction to the story is Betty Ann basically describing this whole carnival scene. And then it cuts to the Midnight Society because Kristen... The pretty blonde jumps up and is like, fuck this shit. I hate clowns. I'm out. <laughs> Miss Perfect is a bozo folk, yeah. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the, the wordage they give. But eventually, yeah, Kiki goads her and she decides to stay. And so Betty Ann picks up the story and we go back to the carnival. And that's where we meet our first, our main three characters. So that's where we run into Josh, Ouija, and his sister, Kathy. But they're basically <laughs> going around the carnival and Josh is being a dick because that's his character. He's the dick nailed that one <laughs> not the dick just <laughs> but he's being mean to ouija because ouija got scared on a ride they don't say what the ride was and kathy's just being there being kid sister in her beautiful oversized t-shirt in large primary colors Somehow my brain put her into a romper, which I think is more insulting. No, she wasn't in a romper. She was in a huge t-shirt. I think she had a sweatshirt tied around her waist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Quintessential 90s kids. So 90s. Not to mention Ouija's oversized t-shirt and everybody and their mother is wearing shorts. Yep. And belts. I, when I was a kid, I didn't wear belts. Maybe your pants fit. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe if they weren't wearing such oversized clothing, their pants would fit too. But the kids are wandering through the carnival park and eating cotton candy, and then they stumble across the spook house laughing in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the outside of the spook house is not very scary. There's a big painted dragon on the top. I actually really appreciate how traditional this this whole setup was from start to finish this carnival is exactly what i have gone to in my youth and have gone out of my way to go to in my adulthood it's a little funny watching zebo's or seeing rather zebo's character portrait next to frankenstein a giant gorilla a loch ness monster and dracula equally prominent and then zebo that wasn't a gorilla that was the wolf man <laughs> yeah that guy <laughs> Oh, I would personally find a gorilla much more intimidating. And a random castle turret. And a random <laughs> castle. Well, because all of the creepy like haunted houses were always done with castle turrets. As far as I remember, and everyone I have ever gone to has some sort of castle fortification that is set up on the outside of it in plywood, and it's awesome. And it is absolutely nothing like what you actually go inside. I've only ever run into that at the Ren Fair. 
the medieval torture museum. <laughs> but the the whole thing, like I've never actually seen a, a haunted house that looks like that. But there was a podcast that I listened to that I, I should make you listen to the episode, Jody. It's really scary, in my opinion. It's called the Disaster Area Podcast, and it's hosted by Jennifer Matarese, and she did this amazing episode about the Haunted Castle Fire disaster that happened in 1984, mm-hmm. and it was at uh, Six Flags. I don't remember where. I, I will definitely link to this in the show notes because it's worth a listen. But basically, it was this haunted house that had been around for about six or seven years. Of course, they didn't have very good fire codes and stuff in there, and it was also very narrow. There were a lot of choke points in there, not a lot of emergency exits that were easy to find. Eventually, what happened one day was it was a really crowded day. It was really full, and some kid went in there with a lighter and lit something, and just everything went up because everything in there is flammable. It was a bunch of, like, foam and cloth and wood and all this other stuff and because it wasn't easy to navigate and nobody knew what the hell was going on eight kids died in it you know it's funny you should mention (laughs) that because ironically something similar does happen in our story yeah so we have josh and his complete annoyance being a little bit of a dick to ouija and kathy and then of course they run through the rest of the park and see the haunted house as we already discussed and then out cops my favorite character in this the proprietor the carny (laughs) he is the proprietor he says i'm the man who runs this little shindig something along those lines he's credited as the carny though (laughs) well fine the carny (laughs) he's really creepy (laughs) is creepy does not necessarily have small hands do you know who he is i don't remember that's aaron traeger again who's that dr vink my god i do love this man after all (laughs) dr vink without you know the being an evil hagrid he's really scary and super creepy and yeah he loves torturing children apparently and remember pick the right door and you'll go free pick the wrong door and there you be. I loved every little bit of his lines. So the kids are outside of the haunted house and they're kind of daring each other to go in and nobody wants to go do it. And the carney's also trying to egg them on. And he specifically goes up to Josh and basically says, hey, kid, why don't, why don't you do it too? And Josh is like, maybe another time. To which the carney <laughs> creepily says, come back anytime. I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the next scene is all the kids gathered in, I assume, Josh's room? Gotta be Josh's room, because yeah. only that douche would have... No, actually, it's not Josh's room. Is it Ouija's? It might be a basement. But it, there's a bed in there. It's a kid's room, It obviously. is, but they go back to Josh's room later, unless he runs into his parents. An ill-established room. It's really weird. It's it's <laughs> hockey rink-themed, but, you know, this is a Canadian kids' show, so... <laughs> Who has a hockey rink in their room? Uh, one of those kids. Rich kids. Okay, where we do find out, in fact, the story of Zippo the Clown, which has a very similar one to the fire. The Honey Castle fire? That thing. Zippo had stolen all of the funds from the circus, and while he was being chased by the rest of the carnies, he had ducked into the haunted house, the original haunted house, back in the 1920s, where his painfully timed love and obsession of smoking led him to light a small fire that eventually burned him alive. Then, of course, they built a new laughing in the dark on top of the ruins of the old one, giving rise to the trapped ghost and this ill-fated story. Josh gets goaded by Ouija. I don't remember who starts the goading again, but, you know, it's kids being kids. But basically, Josh agrees to go into Laughing in the Dark to get to the end, but, of course, Kathy's like, well, how will we know that he gets to the end? Because she's smart. Yes, she is, actually. (laughs) One of them comes up with the idea that Josh has to steal Zeebo's nose. Because, you know, stealing's okay, kids. I would like to point out, actually, before it quite gets... (laughs) 
this point. <laughs> there is a part where Josh goes tickle monster, and I only bring this up because oh, yeah. it is the worst acting I have ever seen. So horrible. I don't blame that little girl from running from the tickle monster because I hated being tickled. I know, but that's not what I actually wanted to say about that. What I absolutely love is that Josh goes chasing her out of the house and into the backyard, or the camera pans up as him, and she what, clanks him over the head with a trash yeah, can lid or something. So awesome. Yeah. Go, Kathy. Kick his ass. She likes to step <laughs> off or I'll beam you or something. Awesome. I love that. But anyway, so Josh, of course, takes the dare in the next scene as they are immediately at laughing in the dark. It shows Kathy and Ouija standing outside being like, will he make it? We don't know. <laughs> and so Josh starts his spoopy journey through the terrible haunted house. All right. Some of the monsters in this were actually fairly amusing. Well, Oof. actually, wait, wait, before you get to that, the Carney. Yes. He was super freaking creepy. <laughs> oh, I took that for granted. I like him so much. He was, oh, oh my God. <laughs> so of course the Carney. Carney shows up right as Josh enters to remind him, or rather to ask him, are you sure you want to go through with this? To which Josh, of course, replies, yep, totally, while peeing himself. Yeah, just again, anything with this guy, with Aaron, uh, was gold in this series. Just fabulous. And this Carney is no different. His presentation, his look, everything is just, this This is just going to ruin my life. Very convincing. I am not afraid of clowns. So this uh, episode personally never really scared me. It was more of the entertainment of watching what was going on. Even even though there are some very horrifying actual things that we'll deal with that happen later, but just some of the, the amusement values through this whole spook house was fantastic. So what does the carny say to Josh as he enters? It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. And then he laughs. So again, as Josh goes through this house of ill-favored things. Not ill repute. It's not a, it's not a horror house. <laughs> How many hours? Anywho, <laughs> there's several monsters that show up. Traditional vampire, and then my personal favorite, the jiggly-headed monster, the which is a headless guy. guy. A green guy, no less, with a very fleshy-looking head that is wibble-wobbling, and that is just amusing as all get out. And then there's that dragon. Before the dragon, there's the creepy wibbly mirror, where he's like making oh. fun of his own reflection for a little bit. He looks away for just a second he looks back in the mirror and there's the scariest goddamn clown i have ever seen in my life okay yeah totally fair on this one the dress up of um <gasps> actual zebo i think yeah is what the prepared and it's the same guy actually dressed as zebo oh god run it's two or three second flash and then it's gone so you don't really get a super good look at it because when josh looks back at it it's his reflection in the mirror so it's like what did was that real? Because up to this point, all the visualizations of Zebo have been really cartoony. Because mm -hmm. all you have is that picture of him out front, and then they have the dummy, like, shown in all the promos for this damn episode, which doesn't look scary at all. No. But this thing! Jesus Christ! <laughs> you want nightmares, kids. Just go ahead and stare at that for your fuel. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and then the dragon. Yeah, and then, of <laughs> course, they have a dragon. A fire-breathing dragon. A high-octane-fueled, fire-producing, in-fuego dragon. <laughs> <laughs> we both just looked at it and we were like, that's illegal! <laughs> <laughs> Wow, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts smelling cigar smoke. Right, and that leads him down to the final corridor where he finds the mysterious room filled with arrows telling him to go in the same direction and just walk around in circles till he falls backwards onto the wall and... It's a secret door into a room of doors. <laughs> now... I always thought this was kind of cute, because on a side note for your cultural reference of the day, in Japan, the number four is associated with death, and they will actually go out of their way to not put the fourth door or the fourth floor in a lot of their buildings, because it's considered to be unlucky. It was pretty entertaining to me that the first door he finally you know, goes through, or rather opens up, 
to find is the door out, and of course it is door four, which is just not at all, I'm sure, anything to the story, but the fact that he's basically walking through the door to die was just lovely to me. Well, the room of doors, because it's all they're all janky angles and bright colors, it totally reminded me of What Would You Do? <laughs> Did you ever watch that show? Yeah, that was lovely. They had the, uh, the, door, the wall of prize doors. It looked like big versions of that. <laughs> And then I had the theme song stuck in my head. <laughs> what, 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 what would you, what, what, what would you do? But yeah, so he finds the door out, but he, then he's like, well, I can't leave. I need to get the nose. So he's opening some other random doors. Then he goes and turns and looks at door number six. Coincidence? <laughs> Six. Six. Yes. Six. That's a satanic joke for any of you who aren't used to that. I'm sure you've never heard that set of numbers before. Then he, of course, opens the door and there's the creepy Zebo mannequin and he screams and doesn't look realistic at all in his terror. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he should rightfully be afraid. I think if they showed that actor again in the clown makeup, he would have really screamed. I, I would have too. <laughs> or cursed loudly. <laughs> Lots of oh gosh and running away. And then he just pulls the nose off of the dummy and he says something like, stupid plastic dummy can't hurt me, blah 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 he, Now I've beaten Zebo. Yeah, he gets all cocky and, you know, being a little shit. And he decides he's going to go run out. You know, he runs towards the exit. And as he's running towards the exit, he... He lifts his hand with the nose on ironically of course his middle finger gestures with the nose we both looked at each other and went did he just flip zebo off <laughs> yeah <laughs> evil little shit so then he gets to gloat 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 and he runs to ouija and kathy and is rubbing it in their faces and apparently part of their agreement is that ouija now has to wear the clown nose for however long josh wants him to it's a solid bet you go and get the clown nose and ouija gets to wear it for a week at school in front of everyone else. Yeah, that. And Ouija gets pissed off, and so does Kathy. And again, Josh is a dick. He is. So they're a little tired of having to be dealt with by yeah. him. So Ouija, I think Ouija grabbed the nose and he winds up throwing it off. Josh goes to retrieve it, and he's looking through the bushes and he picks it up, and of course, when he finally picks it up, he's like... <sighs> Do I smell cigar smoke? Cutscene to waiting for a jump scare and then Josh leaving and I was going, where's the jump scare? Followed by the ghost of the clown huffing a thousand cigars behind a building as <laughs> yeah. the cloud of smoke is evidence that something roils out from yeah. there. And it's spooky. Fast forwards in time a little bit to that evening and Josh is going, getting home and he finds a note from his parents. It's a note saying, you know, Honey, I bet you forgot we have tickets to a show or whatever. He did. And he says, oh, I forgot. And his mom wrote on there, there's spaghetti in the freezer and pudding in the fridge. I'm not Canadian. <laughs> I would never put spaghetti in the freezer. Why the fuck would you put spaghetti in the freezer? Because it's not even like a microwave meal. It's like in a, in a crock, not a crock pot. It's in a corningware dish with a glass lid and everything. And it's like, Hashtag Corningware. Why is that in the freezer? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I guess that's but really not important. <laughs> he goes ahead and puts the Corningware in the microwave, and then, remembering his mom's last bit of the message, immediately goes to the fridge to pull out the pudding. A <laughs> giant punch bowl oh, of pudding. pudding. And like the little piece of crap, filthy human being he is, takes two fingers from his right hand and just shoves them right <laughs> in the center of that whole thing, licking it off. 
And then, of course, he gets scared because he hears a noise and drops the goddamn pudding. All over the floor. <laughs> Fuck that Which, guy. That bowl was not glass. I didn't hear one no. little crack. I heard a bung and a bounce and a roll. It was plastic. <laughs> but, yeah, he hears a noise, and so he goes to investigate it, and he notices that there's a closet door in his living room that's slightly ajar. Actually, in the first smart thing he's done, he goes to a closet that's next to that one and pulls out a baseball bat. <laughs> Do you not have seven closets where you live? Right next to each other? Of course. No. That's, that is the height of Canadian home construction, obviously. <laughs> He's like, if somebody's hiding in there, come out or I'll beam ya. They really like to say that in this episode. That's whack. That is whacked. <laughs> but... That was a 90s pop reference. Thank you all. <laughs> he pulls open the, the closet door and is attacked by Bruce. Well, he's filthy. Let's yeah. face it. They need to clean him up. Of course, he immediately starts flipping out more as the phone rings again. And it's Ouija this time. Well, it doesn't ring again. It rings for the first time. My God. You're right. It rings for the first time. Ouija on the other end. Hey, Josh. I may have been a little bit of a dick throwing the nose earlier. Sorry. We okay? Yeah, man, it's cool. Nice little bonding moment, both of them actually being somewhat of an adult and, you know, admitting that, yeah, they were kind of being a-holes. That was a bit of a problem. And then Josh ruins it, and he's like... Because he's Josh. He's like, nah, you still gotta wear the clown nose. And he's like, really? Really, dude? (laughs) (laughs) And then Josh is like, yeah, bye, and hangs up. Then immediately the phone rings again, and he picks it up. And guess who's on the other line? But Zeebo. Creepy, creepy sounding Zeebo. Give it back. Yep. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> and Josh is convinced that it's Ouija. He Yeah. Yeah. Hoping. He really thinks it's Ouija and then the line goes dead and now Josh is super freaked out. So he goes back into the kitchen where he had been microwaving his frozen spaghetti, which is smoking on the inside. It well, is so hot. Before he does that though, he's starting to t- he's kind of talking to himself like a crazy person and being like, "No, this is <laughs> It can't be happening. I mean, that was that was Ouija. It couldn't have been Ziba. Blah, blah, blah. And he pulls out a placemat and puts it on the counter. And then he keeps going back and forth from the counter to the silverware drawer, grabbing more and more forks and stuff and piling them on the placemat because he's so freaked out. And then the microwave beeps, which nice. makes him lose his shit. Yeah. And this whole bit is the best acting this kid does, which was great. Yeah. He looks completely freaked out at this point, And it's awesome. And then when he pulls the Corningware out... And he opens it up because it's just smoking and black on the inside. Yeah, he doesn't the... understand how it could have burned so fast. Yeah. The smoke clears and what's inside? Spaghetti! It's... The cigars are inside. <laughs> it's spaghetti made of cigars. <laughs> it's spaghetti. <laughs> As he freaks out and calmly puts them on the table, he turns back to see the spilt pudding strewn across the floor and wherein is now stamped a giant size 15 clown shoe. With a big Z. Z. (laughs) Because, you know, everybody wears monogrammed clown shoes. (laughs) I would. (laughs) You saying that's not normal? (laughs) Josh freaks out, as you do, and he runs up to his own room and he grabs the phone and he's kind of hiding, wedged himself between his bed and his wall and he calls Ouija for help. And he's on the phone with Ouija. Then he hears somebody else on there and he thinks it's Kathy. And Ouija's like... But it can't be Kathy. We only have one line. That means it must be coming from your house. Cut to Zebo again. Give it back or I'll come up there and get it back. Josh looks over his shoulder and he sees that he hasn't pushed the deadbolt on his door because he has one. Did you never have one of those? <laughs> no. I always put in deadbolts to lock my parents out of my room in case of a clown emergency. Oh, okay. And uh, 
So he's watching in horror. Did the door start shaking? I can't remember. Yeah, it's they don't do quite a good job here. I think what they were trying to go for was that as he actually goes rushing across the bed in Josh's slow jump up, <laughs> half crawl over the thing to get there, the door is actually starting to move in on him at that time frame. They don't really imply or do a racket to make it sound like Zebo's banging on the door. So it just looks like he just doesn't know how to shut a door and latch it. <laughs> um, so he opens it up on himself and wait, that was a dumb idea, and shoves it shut again and then finishes latching the <laughs> Uh, uh. And then right after that, the door bounces a couple of times in its latch, and he backs up going, oh, crap, pans down to see... The crack at the bottom of the door, and something's coming through it, and slowly... Slowly, it inflates to show a nice little shot of a balloon, saying, what else? Give it back. So, first off, honestly... This whole scene, the most realistic sense of terror, perfectly done through this. To have a stalker in your house, invading your home, following you, being on your phone, realistic horror. Slightly underplayed here, but good stuff, even if it doesn't affect you at the same time. That is some good psychological thriller. So Josh, following that, and following the natural instincts of what happens when that uh, occurs to you, does the right thing and runs out of the house at full speed. Yep. Well, he jumps out his damn window. <laughs> that is acceptable. <laughs> That is a wise decision. <laughs> he jumps out of the damn window and uh, goes running straight for the amusement park. So cutscene back to the amusement park. Yep. Where Josh now has a large brown paper sack. Where the heck did he get a brown paper sack? When did he go out to buy something? When yeah. did he have his wallet, money? When does this... Whatever. Okay. Brown paper sack. Walks through Playland. Goes into Which the horror house. Which makes me wonder, like, how the hell did he get in there and... It's the ghost. There's it's no, gotta be the ghost. There's no security. There's just... Just kid walks in there in the middle of the night. So he goes into laughing in the dark and he goes through the whole thing and, you know, everything is deactivated at this point so nothing scares him and he goes straight for that room full of doors. Once he's inside, he immediately tries to leave, realizing that he's not in a good position because he just put himself into the den of a giant crazed ghost that probably wants its nose and may want to also eat him. Not a bad choice. However, the back door is locked. The door of death does not open. However, the other door does. Number six. Inside, and that actually is the third time it shows it, so you could <laughs> actually be correct. <laughs> Inside is darkness and a strobe light and mist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's meant to be scary, but again, at this point, it's just a I little funny. I think they funny. ran out of money for their SFX budget. <laughs> the unknown is much more terrifying. <laughs> Yes. Josh pulls out the nose from the bat and lays it down inside of the doorframe, saying, Here, I'll give it back. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take it. And then, from out of nowhere, he pulls out a box of perfectly new cigars. Well, not out of nowhere. He pulls it out of the paper bag, but... Uh... I have so many problems with this scene. <laughs> How does he have a box of cigars? What company sells cigars <laughs> to a 9 or 12-year-old boy in the middle of the night? Like, how did this even happen? He could have stolen them from his dad. He or... couldn't have stolen them from his dad. He jumped out the window with nothing on him and ran down the street to the amusement park. Or he snuck back in the house and got the cigars out of the corningware and <laughs> found a cigar box. And packaged them up nicely <laughs> in nice gold tinfoil. Exactly. Yeah. There are some major problems with this particular hole. Because it's a story made by kids we're going to just let slip of course they can buy whatever they want nuclear missiles drugs porn it, obviously they can get a hold of it just fine but as soon as he does that then door four opens and he gets the fuck out of there i love the fact that whenever door four opens there is a cheering noise and applause yeah. coming from the doorway which the first time you run into it, it's kind of like oh that's cute but here after this confrontation <laughs> with zebo 
Oh, that really just drives it home. Like, good job, stupid. You survived. <laughs> then it uh, pans back to the front of the building where everything is still, you know, dark. But out of the darkness comes the Carney. Yes, once again, my favorite character for this episode is right back to poke fun at Josh as he's disappearing into the uh, background. And remind us all that once again, it's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. And he smokes a big fat cigar. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. So, cutscene back to the kids. At the campfire. Yeah, those kids. Uh, kids at the campfire finishing up their story as young Kristen, who's so totally not afraid of clowns, uh, gets shown up a little bit as yep. one of the other kids reaches back, flips off his hood, and reveals a clown mask randomly, and starts laughing at her and being like, I'll follow you home. And everybody runs absolutely screaming out of the way. Yep. Somebody <laughs> stops to pour water on the fire, but then there's a crazy carnival version of the Are You Afraid? The dark theme that is their outro as they run through the woods. Hey! <laughs> it turns. I would like to point out, as Gary goes to pour the water onto the fire, he lightly dollops the water onto the horrible smoking remains of the wood, and it is instantaneously out. It's just comical enough <laughs> <laughs> to be like, I take this drop of water and spoot, perfect. <laughs> All right, so that was Laughing in the Dark. What were your final thoughts on this? I mean, did you like this one? I Actually, I really do. I think this does a good job of bringing up some very realistic horror elements and applying them in a way that is both fairly comical, but not necessarily, for me at least, uh, being very aggressive. They are certainly very real elements, but this wasn't a scary episode to me. This wasn't one that really had me on edge. Um, I was just more laughing the entire time. That said, the music in this is lovely. The scenes that they choose to put the music onto whoever did the editing for it was just spot on the entire time for really driving the theme of it in um as well as keeping that light air of mystery to everything that that was done with the music cool. and now she stares at me <laughs> Apparently wasn't expecting that level of complexity in my response. <laughs> so I actually liked this one too. It was one of the more scary ones. I still wasn't like super frightened by it. Now, if you take out the supernatural element and like you were saying with having just a stalker in your house, just doing crazy stuff to you, that is way more frightening to me. But either way, even if it was just the carny doing that, oh my god. Just take out the fact that it's a clown ghost and it's just a creepy old carny that's followed this child home and is scaring him and stalking him through his house. That is super duper fucked up. And this episode actually does a very good job of making you wonder whether or not that's the case. There's no clear answer in no. it. It could actually just be that the carny is one horrible creepy old guy who really wants to kill small children if they steal the noses off of his, you know, main clown. And that's awesome and horrifying. Ugh. So if you were to take it as a ghost, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I don't believe in ghosts, so it's like a negative one scary rating. 
But if it's really the carny that's doing all this and is, yeah, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> I would give it out of 10. That would be like an eight for me because that is a personal nightmare of mine. This one, like I said, for me just doesn't rank as a scary, honestly. As much as there are some very good adult themes in it, it just wasn't terrifying to me. So this would probably rank uh, higher on the amusement value because I really loved seeing Josh get his comeuppance because I hate that kid. <laughs> He's a ginger. He has no soul. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I'd probably give this baby a six or a seven, I think, because it was still amusing. It still had some fun points. And it is not a bad episode by any means. Much better than the first one. But it's still not quite gotten into the real fun stuff that I remember at least. I see. Okay, now I want to talk about a new feature I'd like to add to our episodes, <laughs> and I'm going to call it Recommended Screaming. <laughs> Drum roll here. So Recommended Screaming is going to be other media that might inspire you to scream in laughter or fear or surprise or even anger. For this week, my Recommended Screaming is definitely the uh, Haunted Castle Fire episode of Disaster Area Podcast by Jennifer Matarese. And I will be glad to provide links to that because disasters are horrifying and it'll probably make you go, oh my god. But also going along with the potentially killer clown theme, I would also very much recommend Last Podcast on the Left series on John Wayne Gacy. Well, I don't know if he was the most terrifying serial killer, but he was pretty damn terrifying. He murdered upwards of 30 young men, and he buried them in the crawl space under his house. He had some of his employees, because he was a contractor, actually dig the graves that he eventually buried those children in. And what makes him especially terrifying is that he was very able to into society and he was considered at the time an upstanding citizen. He did a lot of charity work and all this other stuff, but he was also a clown. His personality was Pogo the Clown, and I can put some pictures of Pogo up if you're interested. He was a human piece of shit. I hate him with a fiery vengeance, <laughs> but he was really known for his clowning. That's why everybody knows him as the clown serial killer or whatever. He also took up painting after he went to prison and has done a lot of self-portraits as Pogo. It's a really creepy-ass clown. So yeah, last podcast on the left series on John Wayne Gacy if you want nightmares. That's it for this week's episode. I now declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. If you want to share any questions, comments, or even just want to share your own story about Are You Afraid of the Dark, feel free to email us at areyouafanofthedark at hotmail.com. We're also available on Facebook at areyouafanofthedarkpod, and we'll soon have links to show notes. Feel free to rate, review, subscribe. Always remember, don't be afraid of the dark. Be a fan of the dark. Who the hell sells cigars to a 12-year-old?